Welcome to the Books of Titans podcast, where I seek truth in the world's best books. I'm your host, Eric Rostad, coming to you from the beautiful Books of Titans studio in Franklin, Tennessee. My goal is to read 52 books per year and share what I'm learning. I'll talk a bit about each book, tie ideas together from a variety of genres, and share the one thing I always hope to remember from each book. Today I'm going to cover Amusing Ourselves to Death by Neil Postman, Public Discourse in the Age of Show Business. This was book five for my 2022 reading list. Well, this book is a book of prophecy, and I hope that doesn't scare you, but prophecy at its very basic level means prediction. And what this book predicts is the impact that television will have on our culture. Television and, and just electronic media in, in general, but what, what impact that that will have on our culture. And the date that there was, the, the year that this book was written was 1985. And so, I, I don't know, you, you kind of think, is this book even relevant anymore? I mean, think of how much has changed in the last 37 years uh, with internet, social media, virtual reality. So much has changed. I mean, you almost it's almost quaint, like, oh, he, he thinks television is impacting us in this way. I mean, think of what he would say now. But in fact, I think the fact I think that because it was written so long ago, that actually gives it more relevance today. Because you you you're seeing what he's saying about television and how it's impacting us. And you think, oh wow, think of how much more so that is the case now. And so what this book is, it's, it's, it's a call to take a step back. And especially with how rapidly things are moving, how the, the medium of, of, of what we're consuming, how that's just changing so rapidly uh, with, with social media and the internet, it's important that we take a step back and really try to think of, of how how are we changing? How is the information that is being presented to us? How is that changing? How are our conceptions of truth changing based on how we're receiving them? And it is really hard to take that step back and, and think about it in that way. And there, there's nothing that's trying to encourage you to do that uh, from the mediums themselves. Like television is never going to tell you, hey, take a step back and, and, and think about how we're presenting things to you. No, they, they just want you engaged. They want you to be be entertained. And so they, we're not ever, we're, or we're rarely called to, to take that step back and think. And that's what this book is doing. And the year 1985 of when it was written is, is an important year as well, because it's the year after the famous year of another book of of prophecy, 1984 by George Orwell. Now that was written in the 1930s, but it it looked forward to what possibly could be coming in the future. And the future predicted by Orwell in 1984 is one where a totalitarian state is crushing humanity under its thumb. And that has definitely happened since 1930. There are countless countries that that has been that has been the case. And it's tragic. And he was right. But there is another book of prophecy called Brave New World by Huxley. And in that book, it's a different prediction. It's a different prophecy of what is coming. And and the prediction in that book is that people will become so entertained that they'll just become numb. That they'll, they'll be this drug called Soma that just makes you mindless and numb and just enjoy 
life and just there's just this endless entertainment just this thing after thing after you don't have to stop and think about anything it's just it's just endless entertainment and it comes to the point where people just amuse themselves to death and hence the title of this book postman says we are in that world he says unfortunately an orwellian world is much easier to recognize and to oppose than in huck than a huxleyan and Postman also quotes Robert McNeil, who said, television is the soma of Aldous Huxley's Brave New World, end quote. And so Postman says we are in, we are in this Huxleyan world. If, if, we're, if, if, if you're in the West, uh, especially if you're in the United States, you are amusing yourself to death. You are entertaining yourself to death. And it is the, it is the nature of the beast. It's how we're presented with, with content. And it's very hard to get out of it. And it's very hard to take that step back. And so that's what this book is doing. It's structured in a way that uh, Postman takes you back to other times where television was not there and takes you to, uh, for instance, a debate between Stephen Douglas and Abraham Lincoln. And it was a seven-hour debate. Douglas started off the evening. He spoke for three hours. Lincoln was then to go up and to rebut everything that that he had said but lincoln gets up there and he told everybody to go home because he knew that since douglas had just spoke for three hours that he would speak for three hours and then douglas would have another hour at the very end to to rebut what what uh lincoln lincoln had just said so lincoln tells everybody to go home and eat dinner and then come back and they do they sit they're there for seven hours total listening to these men debate and this was not this was 1854 this was not a presidential debate this was not even a senatorial debate this was two men debating ideas of the time and people stood there and sat there and and listened for seven hours now there are a lot of things going on there first the ability for two men to to have that amount of things to say and then for one man to speak, and then another man to go point by point and address where Douglas got it wrong or right, where they agreed or disagreed. Seven hours total. Can you even imagine that now? Can you imagine the people there, that that meant that they, they would have been okay being somewhere for seven hours just listening to people talk? Like, we can't even, even imagine that now. So what, what has changed in that time? What, what has changed in the way information has is presented. And, and that's what this book gets into. So quick reading stats. Uh, it's a 163 page book. So it's a pretty quick book. Uh, it took me five hours and 20 minutes to read. That was 41 pages per day. It took me four days to read. It was suggested by Karen Swallow Pryor, who wrote the book that I read to start off this year on reading well, which I absolutely loved. And she, she said this was a very important book. And I also want to highlight the person that purchased this book for me, and that was David Love. So thank you, David. I work at a local bookstore here in Franklin, Tennessee. I'm the business manager at Landmark Booksellers. And if you are ever in town, please stop by. It is a, it is just an awesome bookstore. We have old and new books. Uh, 
just a, a, a wide variety. And we have a lot of the books that I've read for this project. And we have Amusing Ourselves to Death as well. And so if you if you do not have this book, if you want to buy it, please buy it from us. Uh, I'll link to it in the show notes at landmarkbooksellers.com. And then if you use the coupon code Books of Titans, that will get you 10% off of this book. And we ship all across the United States. Uh, be expensive, but we can also ship across the world. Uh, but I'd love if you bought the book from us. Back to the to the book here now. Um, I want to highlight three different ideas that that really stuck out to me. And the first is how we how we assume at, at, at a personal level and then at a cultural level how some information is more truthful than other other information based upon the way that it is presented. Um, because really, if if something is truth, it it shouldn't matter. It the way it's conveyed should not matter if it's true or not. But but we have these assumptions that some things are are more true than others. And so I'm, I'm going to read some different st- sections here, starting on page 19, uh, and start with the judicial system and the assumptions there, and then go to the university system. And then I'm going to take it to the personal level, and then ask you a question on how you consider some things perhaps more truthful than others. So here's uh, just reading different sections here, starting on page 19. Testimony is expected to be given orally on the assumption that the spoken, not the written word, is a truer reflection of the state of mind of a witness. Jurors are expected to hear the truth or its opposite, not to read it. On the university system, uh, the assumption is that writing is closer to the truth than speaking. And, and one of the reasons for that is the written word endures and the spoken word disappears. Yet in the university system, there's also the practice of the doctoral oral, where the candidate must be able to talk competently about his or her written work. So there's these different ideas. Uh, so that's kind of the end of these quotes as I've, I've skipped, skipped around. But I love that Postman points out these assumptions that we have. Why, why do we assume that something is more accurate than others? So for, so for me, I, I deeply believe that when I read a book, I believe that is closer to the truth than almost anything else out there. And in fact, I have a very hard time listening to people in, in the sense that I've, I've had enough people lie to me in my life that it's just hard for me to believe when people, when, when somebody is saying something to me, I, I, I just kind of have in the back of my head, perhaps they are not telling me the truth or they're, they're leaving things out. And, but a book and this is probably just a, a, a totally incorrect assumption because authors can lie, they can be mistaken, but I always, I go into a book with an assumption that it is closer to the truth, that the written word is closer to the, to the truth than something spoken orally. And that is a, an assumption that I have, and it impacts how I approach gathering information or ga- gathering truth or gathering news. And I, it's just, it's important for me to take that step back and, and realize that. So I want to ask that question to you. Like, what, what are the assumptions that you have when you're going in, into this? And, and what are the assumptions when you go into watching TV or viewing something on Twitter 
or gathering news from the internet. I, I, I know a lot of people that only get their news from, from Twitter, but do we ever take a step back and, and think of what that means? In this book, Postman is highlighting TV, and he says that TV is, since it's image-based, the truth comes through images. But that, that can be very dangerous because an image in itself is cut off. There, it, it, it shows a particular point in time and a particular vantage point, and everything else is cut out of that. You, you can't see the, ex, the extended part of that, that photo or, or, of what happened. So it, it's image-based, and when, once you start receiving things from images, we be, then you begin to think in those ways as well. And so uh, one, one example he brought up in the book is just, you know, if he, if he named a, a politician, a modern politician, probably the first thing that's going to come into your head is an image of that politician. It's not going to be the r- words that you've read about that politician or uh, debates that they've had that you've heard orally from, from them. It's going to be a picture, uh, uh, image that you have in your head. And Again, just it's important to kind of take that step back and, and think of the ramifications for that. What are the ramifications in in my life for for play, placing the written word on a higher pedestal than what somebody might tell me? What are, what are the implications for that? Um, so, second big idea that that stuck out to me is this this idea of the action information continuum and. Uh, really uh, going into news. So the way news is presented is there's not a whole lot that we can do about it. So it's just, it's, it's context less information just kind of thrown out within 30 minutes. And what, you know, what, what, what are you supposed to do with that? Because you can't do a whole lot, you know, an earthquake in, in the Philippines that happens, what action can we take on that? So there's always more information than things that you can act upon that whether you, you have TV or you're, you're living on a farm with, with no electricity, there's always going to be more information than what you can act upon. But the more information that there is in relation to what can be acted upon makes it harder to where you just begin to get inundated with this information and then it becomes irrelevant. Postman highlights that uh, in one study, 51% of viewers could not recall a single item of news after they had just watched it. So they had just watched 22 minutes of news, so a 30-minute segment minus the commercials, and they could not recall a single item of news, more than half the people. Brings up the point that our brains work in connections, but TV is set up to where no prior knowledge is required. Because if you need to have prior knowledge, you're, you're, you're cutting the number of people that can enjoy that program. Because if you're requiring that, that prior knowledge, not everyone has that prior knowledge, and then people may not want to watch the show. So much of television, again, this is Postman talking in 1985, much of television is, is there and not requiring any prior knowledge. But the way our brains work is that our brains make connections, and it's important to have those connections. And that's where reading can really help make, make those connections. But there's a brilliant section where Postman asks, asks these, these questions. Uh, 
about watching watching news. Let us consider instead the case of Iran during the drama that was called the Iranian hostage crisis. I don't suppose there has been a story in years that has received more continuous attention from television. We may assume then that Americans know most of what there is to know about this unhappy event. And now I put these questions to you. Would it be an exaggeration to say that not one American in a hundred knows what language the Iranians speak, or what the word Ayatollah means, or implies, or knows any details of the tenets of Iranian religious beliefs, or the main outlines of their political history, or knows who the Shah was and where he came from? End quote. I, I love this because... it's something I've thought a lot about. For this reading project, I gave up news. I I started doing that in 2017. And specifically news in the form of having the TV on and and watching news from that vantage point. Uh, It just became to the, it came to the point where I, I didn't, I couldn't discern what was true and not, and then I just didn't have enough context for the stories. And so I, I loved how Postman talks about, about it, because that's, that's where I wanted to get. I wanted to know the history of Iran. I wanted to read more about Iran and read books about Iran. And so instead of, instead of spending time just watching the news and hearing these context-less stories, I wanted to get more of the context to where if I did end up or happen to hear the news, I would know more of the backstory of, of what was what was going on. And I think that's really important, but it's it's important for us to know that when you are watching the news, there there is there can be harm in that, in that we don't have the full picture and, and the news does not have time to give that to you. And so I would encourage you to spend that time reading instead of of watching the news, because that will help provide the context that is required. And again, that it, it he he ties it to this action and information continuum and you want to get to the point where there are more things in your life that you can act upon based on the information otherwise you're you're kind of you're just amusing yourself to death idea 3 and i i touched on this briefly in the first segment but the the medium is the metaphor and so he he suggests that something is like by comparing it to something else and so, like I mentioned before, I, I've, I've had a hard time just really grasping what he meant by this, but I'm going to just try to, to say what, what I think he, he meant as a way to, to hopefully kind of under, understand it more. So the way that something is presented affects what is presented. So TV is image-based, and that means that the way that content is presented must be visual. It must be presented in these moving images. And if <clears throat> it must move and change a lot or we, com- we become bored. I mean, if you watched an old movie lately, there, there's like 10 minutes of credits at the beginning. I mean, we can't have that. We need action now. Like when I hit play, before I sit down on the couch, like somebody needs to have died. Like th- we need immediate action. And, and that's just how this medium has, has put the information. But that impacts how that content is presented. And it impacts how we think about things. And that impacts, that that bleeds into life as well. And so that was TV. What about now? What about internet and social media? How, how in terms of how content is presented, how is that impacting how you and I are thinking about things?
Now into segment three and the one thing, my one key takeaway from amusing ourselves to death. <laughs> well, this was this was a hard one. I when I read, I'm taking notes, I'm underlining, I'm putting stars next to things. And for a book this size in the 160 page range, I might have five stars of really key concepts at the end of the book. But with this one, I mean, there are stars throughout. And I mean, uh, just a ton of stars in this book, which means a ton of things stuck out to me. And I thought a, a lot of things were important in this book. So it was very hard to narrow down even for this episode. I mean, I, I could have made this episode three hours just of, of things that I wanted to, to talk about. But I, I also want you to read the book and to get what you need to get out of the book. And so when I, when I think to the book and, and of all the, the things that, that, I, that I consider to be important, the thing I consider to be the most important is that aspect of taking a step back. And it is really hard to do when you're inundated with these things. And, and it's just part of our life. Like if, if you're watching four and a half hours of TV, or if you're in front of a screen for eight hours, it's just, that's how you do things now. You, you don't really have time to take a step back and, well, how is Twitter impacting how I view the news or communication or knowledge? Uh, it, it's really hard to take that step back. But this is a book that helps you do that. And, and, and I, it, for that reason, it's an important book. And it's one that I would recommend that you read. It's a book that shows a lot of our assumptions and what their implications are, not just in our personal lives, but also as a culture, and how these things are, they could be leading us down a very dangerous path. And I think we're seeing these things. I, I, I mean, it's, this is not like something that's going to blow you away when you read this book. I, I, what, what blows you away is just how hard it is for us to, to, to see it. And so even with the internet now, and, and you're seeing rising suicide, suicide rates in, in young women, and we, we don't understand the full ramifications yet, but, but this book will help you do that, even though it was written 37 years ago. I think it's probably one of the better books you could read about this topic. It's an important book. Uh, I, I, I do hope you read it, and it's one that... Uh, that that will I hopefully encourage you to take a different approach to how you're doing things. And and I, I hope it leads you to read more and to get away from some of these other mediums. Um and to to seek the truth in in that way. And I think it's better for our brains. We we want to make these connections and, and for this reading project that's something I've seen. It's just you you once you start reading these different types of books, you're, you're seeing connection points and it's, it's fun, but it, it, it helps your brain and then it helps you to articulate the ideas. But if you're in front of images all day, you can't articulate an image. And so it's going to be very hard for you to, to be able to share what, what you're thinking. Uh, even better than, than reading is, is to, to write it as well. And, and that, again, helps your brain make these, these connections. And if you can write it down, you can probably talk about it as well. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, thank you for listening. Love to hear from you, uh, especially if you've read Amusing Ourselves to Death. You can email me at eric at bookstotitans.com. Let me know some things that you got out of the book, some some of the key ideas that uh, you keep thinking about, and perhaps how it how it made you shift something in, in your life. 
Uh, you can follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter, just at Books of Titans. And you can go to the website as well. Ton of resources there to help you find the best books and to create your own reading list. I'll be back uh, either next week or the week after, and we'll discuss another book from my 2022 reading list. Until then, keep reading, keep learning, keep listening. I'm out. Thank you.